Good evening, and welcome to Kel's Wonderful Life. Every morning as I make my way into work, I stop by a quaint little cafe and buy a hot chocolate and a muffin. I have long maintained that the essence of luxury is having a muffin with your morning coffee, but only recently have I realised that historically, the most decadent part of my morning ritual is the hot chocolate itself. Chocolate, of course, has a history stretching back over 2,000 years, beginning with the Mayans who invented it. The Mayans discovered that the fermented dried seeds of the cacao plant, when crushed into a paste and mixed with water, made a bitter but pleasant tasting beverage. All levels of Mayan society used it, and people grew cacao trees in their backyard to make their own, but it was a favoured drink of royalty. When the Aztecs rose to power, they too developed a taste for the drink, but as they could not grow it in their own climate, they traded with the Mayans, and demanded tribute in the form of cacao beans. In fact, at times, cacao beans were themselves used as currency, with a hundred beans buying a goat. So valuable were the beans, that it was believed that unscrupulous traders may have gone so far as to have made counterfeit beans to flog to the unwary. The expense of the beans limited chocolate to the elite of Aztec society, mainly the rulers and priests. Moctezuma himself was reputed to have imbibed chocolate no less than 50 times a day. The Aztecs held chocolate to be a sacred beverage, brought to earth from heaven by Quetzalcoatl. The priests would burn cacao beans mixed with human blood as offerings to Quetzalcoatl and other gods. When Spanish explorers arrived in the New World, they too coveted the flavour of chocolate. A fast favourite of the Spanish court, the armies of the conquistadors quickly seized the cacao reserves of the Aztecs and enslaved countless workers to supply Madrid with millions of tons of cacao beans. Within a hundred years, the royal houses of Europe had picked up on the beverage and established their own cacao plantations to provide them with a ready source. However, the scarcity, exotic origins, lengthy transportation and labour-intensive processing all made chocolate the sole reserve of the fantastically wealthy. In France, royal decree reserved chocolate for the sole use of the nobility. The Europeans, however, were not idle consumers of chocolate. Their sweeter palates led them to add condensed milk and sugar to cacao mass, making the first sweet milk chocolate. Sugar was unknown to the Mesoamericans, and at the time, it was also rare and expensive in Europe as well. Consequently, sweet milk chocolate was a treat available only to the highest echelons. The advent of the Industrial Revolution changed all that, though. The creation of steam-powered machinery greatly reduced the labour required to process cacao beans into chocolate. Combined with a great increase in the number of cacao plantations around the world, the cost of chocolate began to plummet. Eventually, chocolate became sufficiently affordable that concoctions made of refined cocoa mass pressed into solid form were created, leading to the first chocolate bar. However, public consciousness of chocolate as a consumer item only exploded after the Second World War, when American GIs dispatched to fight in Europe were issued with chocolate rations for its high energy content and stimulating effects. Chocolate naturally contains quantities of theobromine, along with caffeine and added sugar. During the war, almost all US domestic chocolate production was reserved for military use. In the European occupation after the war, soldiers used their chocolate rations as currency when bartering for services with impoverished locals, much like the Aztecs before them. When they returned home to the Americas, the GIs brought back a liking for their chocolate bars, and the chocolate industry really took off. Coincidentally, the stimulating effects of theobromine have led to its abuse and eventual banning in horse racing. Its toxicity at high levels makes it dangerous for dogs and other mammals. The massive expansion of the industry in the last century, of course, has resulted in increased demand for cacao beans. Today, the majority of cacao plantations are in Africa, where production is cheaper than the original Mesoamerican fields. Unsurprisingly, the labour-intensive processing of bean harvesting lends itself to the exploitation of workers and miners. 
It is believed that that so-called chocolate slavery is rife in Western Africa, which supplies 80% of the world's cacao beans, with a sizable fraction of slaves being children forced to work in fields carrying bags of harvested beans. These beans make their way to cacao wholesalers, who mix it with beans of other provenance, making it impossible to distinguish between cacao harvested ethically and tainted beanstalk. From these resellers, fermented beans are transported globally to various factories where they have roasted, deshelled, ground and refined into a fluid called chocolate liqueur, which itself is separated into a powder of cocoa solids and cocoa butter consisting of vegetable fat. Together, these products form the basis of modern chocolate manufacturing. Interestingly, in 2007, the US Food and Drug Administration was lobbied by the Chocolate Manufacturers of America, an industry group representing major confectionery producers, to be allowed to substitute much cheaper non-cacao-derived vegetable fat for cocoa butter and inexpensive whey protein in place of milk, but yet still be able to call their product chocolate. Fortunately for civilization, word got out that the FDA was considering it, and chocolate aficionados immediately made their feelings known. Unwilling to risk dismemberment by cocoa-smeared claws, they quickly published a statement assuring the masses that the legal requirements of chocolate would not be changed and buried the whole thing. One might think that the historic formula for chocolate is safe once more. However, it's not all bunnies and kisses in the land of chocolate. One of Australia's favourite producers of chocolate, the British-based Cadbury's PLC, was acquired in March this year by US-owned Kraft Foods Inc. The danger is that being an ethnocentric US company, Kraft may attempt to alter the formula of Cadbury's chocolate to be more like American chocolate. Dear listener, I don't know how many of you have tasted American chocolate like Hershey's, but if my experience in the States is anything to go by, this would be disastrous. Hershey's, coincidentally, produces Cadbury chocolate under license in the US. Having compared directly against the imported Australian-made Cadbury chocolate, I can tell you that the US formula is bitter and gritty in contrast to the silky smooth stuff we get at home. Accept no imitations. Don't think Kraft is insane enough to mess with a tried-and-true, well-loved Australian icon like Cadbury's chocolate? I have only one thing to say to you. iSnack 2.0. This is Kel's Wonderful Life, where it's always chocolatey. Guaranteed.